Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, welcome, welcome. The show is banter. I'm Murray and we have a very special guest with us today. Brian, how are you doing? I'm very well, Murray. As I, mean, I say in these uh, instances, all the better for being here and looking at your smiling oh, face. That's very kind of you. I don't, I don't know at what point, how many banters do you need to do for you to no longer be a special guest and um, just a guest? Uh, I have got no idea. That <laughs> I is think totally in your control. You'll always be a special guest in my heart, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> oh, so before we kind of get into um, yeah the message that you gave for mm. us yesterday, I'd love to, in the spirit of Christmas, ask... Mm. What's, what's Christmas look like in the Codrington household? What are sort of some traditions, mm. uh, yeah, that you're maybe looking forward to or maybe lamenting or <laughs> fearing having to engage in once more this Christmas? Well, I'm not likely to share those ones, sure. those okay. latter yeah, ones yeah, with yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. I know there's really not any of those um, to think about. Um, Christmas traditionally is, uh, is Christmas Eve over yeah. at Lynn's family nice. over on the beaches. And that's always great just to catch up. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, Christmas Eve. So we'll be over in the uh, Bayview uh, Scout Hall, which is Ooh. Sea Scout Hall, wow. which is right there on Pipwater. Yeah. And um, we've been able to secure that for these um, past years and just to gaze out over Pipwater. So we'll be there from about 2 o'clock in the afternoon till, who knows, yeah. um, 8 or 9 at yeah, night gorgeous. before we start to come back again. Christmas Day, obviously church. Yeah. Um, here. Yeah. At the centre. Yes. Um, nine o'clock. Yes. Yeah, uh, nine a.m. That's, that's the important part. Don't forget that. And um, then home um, for lunch. And um, and then we'll catch up with different segments of the family. Nice. Um, during that day and the, and the following days. Yeah. Very nice. It's mm. it's kind of, I feel like, always a stretched out affair. You it can is. never kind of just limit it to Christmas That's Day right. when you're That's suddenly right. married and now you know, yes. have extended family. It gets That's very it. Uh, drawn out in a beautiful way. It does. And how about for you, Murray? <laughs> well, um, for us, we typically have a bit of a Christmas Eve celebration, yes. just, you know, the immediate family yep. on, on M's side. So yep. it'll pretty much just be me, M, I think Mary and Alex, you know, okay. just chilling out and George, of course, yeah, sure. you know, and you can't you leave know. him behind. Well, and Mary and Alex's dogs, you know, yeah, Indian yeah, Elmo, sure. you know, well, well, count everybody. Um, yeah. So that will be nice. And then Christmas Day this year, going over to Em's auntie and uncle's place. Okay, it's 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 quite a suspenseful Christmas for us because yes. they've got this new pool okay. that's being dug. It's not finished yet. Okay, there's a promise, a tantalising promise for it to be done on Christmas Day. Right. We'll see. We'll okay. see. I don't want to have my hopes too high. I'd be okay. bitterly disappointed on Christmas Day when I'm just met by a Pebble Creek hole. Hole. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's the plan. Yeah. 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 I'm not well, buying myself. I hope myself. it all goes well yeah. for you. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. So we uh, kind of jumped into this next part of Luke 1 yesterday with mm. this announcement mm. to Mary, which mm. is quite a, you mm. know, I, I don't know, I suppose just... Uh, indescribable and, and, and sort of hard to even comprehend mm. uh, a moment, mm. you know, which you sort of alluded to, this idea that not many mm. people get a visit from the, you know, Archangel Maybe. Gabriel, you know. Mm. Um, mm. I think that the first thing that I sort of would love to jump into is you did make this point of Mary was probably um, 
only maybe 13, 14. Um, This is a big responsibility for a teenage girl to be carrying Mm. the, you know, Lord and God of the universe in her womb. Do we um, expect too little of teenagers these days? Like, do we, do, we, do we not give them enough credit of what they're fully capable of? What do you think? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, and, and obviously, I'm of the other sex. Um, but um, when I was um, 13 or 14, there are probably a lot of um, other things on my mind. Yeah. Besides being attentive to a call of God on my life, I was obviously um, so caught up with many things, but um, 13 or 14, you're right. What what an awesome responsibility but privilege mm. um, to be offered um, to someone um, of that age. Well, we think that age. I mean, sure. that's, you know, that's what tradition would hold yeah. um, to be uh, her age, a marriageable age for a... Um, you know, a Jewish girl, um, twelve years and six months of age, and the date of the of the marriage would um, actual date would vary with the circumstances. But um, and I realise that's a little bit of a tongue in cheek question, Murray. But I suppose the answer to that, from my point of view, is it's it's an enormous it's an enormous responsibility. Mm. But that's offset by the miraculous way in which it happened. Mm. You know, I mean, to be visited by an angel yeah, and to have these things spoken over you by an angel mm. um, would be something which was certainly going to catch your attention. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And, and I suppose you rise to that, um, that possibility and that privilege, mm. um, which was really, I mean, her response, wasn't it? Um, you know, I'm the Lord's servant for a 13 or 14 year old. Yeah, to have that sense of um, of honour. Yeah, and recognition of what it meant to be a servant of the Lord, mm. um, and then to say, "May your word to me be fulfilled." Mm. You know, and mm. word to me, as you have said, be fulfilled. Mm. Um, yeah, all has flown out of, I suppose, that supernatural experience mm. of being visited by an angel, but. Um, while we don't hold to the fact that there was anything particularly special about Mary, mm. um, there was obviously something special about her desire to do God's will yeah, and her openness to be led by God. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just that total obedience. Mm. And it is something which, um, yeah, I, I love the way you sort of highlighted this idea that ultimately Mary wasn't chosen, I think you said, because mm. of her education mm. or her wealth mm. or, you know, her maturity yes, necessarily sure. in maybe sure. the sense of life experience. Yes. Um, although uh, I would probably argue very mature for her age, oh, you know, to yes. have that sort of response. Um, but ultimately because she was obedient yes. and had a yes. willing heart to follow God's will. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is a, a really interesting thing for us in um, you unpacked these um, five CSs, which mm, I want to look mm, at in a little bit um, mm, later about discerning mm, what God's will is mm, and what his voice is saying to us. Um, but I want to focus a bit on obedience and what does obedience actually look like? Um, what does it look like maybe even in both pros and cons? Because I think that there can be an element of sacrifice to yes, being obedient. Definitely. Um, and also 
how do we, um, I suppose, create opportunities in which we are more obedient? Mm. What, what mm. are your thoughts on that? Mm. I suppose the, the sense of being obedient, um, you know, leads to obedient to what? Mm. Um, you know, what's the call? So um, if someone is going to be obedient, they need to understand what the instructions are. Yeah. Um, or what they're being asked to do, which comes back to what we're talking about. How do you hear from yeah. God? Um, and um, so, but let's just park that. Yeah. Um, as you said, we'll come back to that later. But in terms of being obedient, um, there'll be some aspects of obedience that I think um, would follow naturally because there is something delightful mm, about like um, being asked to do. Mm. There is almost a joy that would follow. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think we saw that in, in Mary. Yeah. You know, like the very fact that she would go and worship. Sure, she was frightened to start yeah. with, but then this whole sense, and even after she has said, you know, you know, I'm the Lord's servant. Yeah. And then she reflects on that, and Mitch is going to unpack next week for yeah. us, the Magnificat, you know, yeah. um, her song of praise. Um, and, and then Mary, uh, sorry, Elizabeth added to that when she said, you know, what privilege have I got to, mm. that the, the mother of our Lord could come and, should come and visit me. So there's an aspect of obedience, I think, that generates a real sense of desire and joy. Mm. Um, and there'll be other times when... You know, I know I'm talking about the things I was asked to do like when I was young, like cleaning up my room, sure. um, yeah. which um, amounted to drudgery. Sure. Okay. Sure. So I, I suppose, yeah, there are two different um, tacks we could take on that. Um, but I'm sure in terms of responding to God's call, my real view is that God calls us to his mission, there'll be times when we just got to grit our teeth and mm. say, yep, this is what God has called me to do. Mm. And that involves an element of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably all obedience involves sacrifice, but there'll mm. be some aspects and some calls that come for which sacrifice is a lot, let me say, easier to do because mm. it's something that flows from a natural desire mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, we can see an outcome there mm. that we're wanting to pursue yeah. in a way. Yeah. 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 I love that, finding the delight in mm. being obedient. Um, mm. And I think with that element of sacrifice as well, I dare say there's probably a lot of time that the thing that God is calling us to sacrifice, we maybe are better off not carrying anymore anyway, yes. you know, whether yes. it's an um, unproductive use of time in a certain area, yeah. whether That's it's, right. you know, maybe putting our own egos aside yeah. to, yeah. you know, do something that we don't necessarily want to do ourselves. Yeah. Um, I'd love to continue kind of flowing with that idea of, mm. this idea of a servant, you know, yes. Mary yes. joyfully. Yes. <laughs> calls herself a servant um, in this passage. And I'm just from my personal sort of, you know, experience, I think that maybe this very Christianese phrase or term Mm. of servant Mm. heart, which is beautiful. Yes. uh, Maybe I'm a little bit desensitized to. Maybe I've lost some of the the true essence of what that means in hearing it too often Mm. and not really reflecting on what a servant heart looks like. Mm. How do you feel um, the idea of a servant heart um, expands on this idea of obedience? Um, And what are some practices that maybe we can do to cultivate a servant heart? Mm. 
I suppose we often talk about servant-hearted leadership, don't we? If we mm. you know going to use that as the adjective, I suppose servant-hearted leadership, and that servant-hearted leadership comes with the expectation that the leader is going to be looking at the ways of edifying or encouraging mm. um, or journeying with those who they are leading. And so it's all about building another person up um, rather than elevating our sense of um, being a leader for our, as you were talking be- about before, um, about our own prestige or our own egos or our own selfish desires. And so, you know, in pa- unpacking that servant-hearted leadership, yeah, I think sometimes I can understand what you're saying. We can become desensitised to it because we'll often say, oh, they're a servant-hearted leader. But what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and how are they leading others yeah. in a way that builds up those they are leading mm. um, rather than uh, elevating themselves to achieve something mm. by means of using that mm. person? Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, and using that person for the glory of the leader yeah. rather than using that um, leadership approach to develop those who are you are actually leading. Mm, I love that. I'm going to go off on a slight tangent for a yeah, second. Yeah. That's um, unusual, Murray. I'll take that as a comment from the yeah. gallery. <laughs> um, I see you as someone... You're going to feel really bad next. It's about to yeah. give you a really good compliment. Oh, yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we can skip this part. Yeah. I'll cut this out. Um, yeah. I see you as yeah. someone who, in a lot of different capacities, has led different teams. Right. And I do see you as someone who is very servant-hearted oh, in the way you, that you man. lead. Thank you. Um, but I suppose what I see is the danger sometimes hmm. in, for lack of a better word, becoming a doormat. And maybe a leader that people no longer respect, mm, um, mm. which I don't see you doing, but mm, I see mm. that as being a danger of somebody who doesn't fully understand the holistic idea of being a servant-hearted leader. Mm. What what can we do to sort of make sure that? Because I'm imagining, you know, some people listening, they are in positions of leadership in different capacities, whether yes. it's in their household, in yes. their work, yes. um, maybe you know they're leading a small group, whatever it sort of is. Mm. How do we? sort of navigate that tension of being a servant-hearted leader but still maintaining maybe authority, for lack of a better word, as a leader and ensuring that we don't become walked all over? Hmm. And it's a very good question. I don't know that I've got a very good answer to it except to say that I think there'll be times when a servant-hearted leader does feel um, a little bit, if you like, um, um unappreciated mm-hmm. um, or um, I won't say walked over but maybe a, a little bit unappreciated mm-hmm. in terms of you know your role but then that's that's your role you know for me as a servant-hearted leader I say my role is not about what I am doing it's about the mission that God has given mm-hmm. it's about having a call on my life and it's about helping certainly as a pastor our role as pastors um, you know, whether that's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors or teachers, is to equip the church um, for the works of ministry. So it's it's also, it's always about what are we trying to achieve and how um, can I, as a servant leader, equip someone else to achieve that at the same time as developing the skills and the gifts that God has given to them. Mm. So I... Um, 
when I get back to this issue of being walked over, I suppose, you know, if I have some reflections, there'll be times when, you know, you, you could think, oh, well, um, you know, am I really needed? Um, there's not a lot of appreciation here. And that's when you're feeling down, you sure. know. I mean, it's yeah. in, 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 in dark times, yeah, you start yeah, to think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, in the, in the scheme of things... Um, does that really matter, mm. um, you know, for someone who has a heart to serve God? Mm. You know, when I come back to this example of, of Mary, mm. um, the role of a servant is to serve. Yeah. Who are we serving? We're not necessarily serving the people. Yeah. We're serving the Lord. Yeah. And, and so what, you know, and I know this is going to sound super spiritual, and I don't want it to sound like that because I think it's, it's both a spiritual view but also a very practical one mm-hmm. is, that the desire of each of us should be well done, good and faithful servant, mm. you know, mm. because we have been those who have been serving the master, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not those who have been self-serving. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I love that. I think one thing I kind of take out of that is um, from a leadership perspective, yes. being a servant-hearted leader is about not just using people or seeing people as a means to an ends of your own goal, even yes. if it is yes. for God yes, that's <laughs> or right. the organization right. that you're working for or whatever yes, it is. That's right. But it's about saying, hey, as we go along this journey, how can I value add for you as well? Yes. How can I see you step into a greater revelation of what you are in the kingdom of God, of what yeah, your sort yeah. of identity is. And yeah. yeah, kind of thinking about this way as a, almost maybe more of a coach yes. than, you yes, know, can, right. always, you know, just being at the, the front of the, the, yeah. the battle. <laughs> and I think you've said that well, um, Murray, it's about how can we use that um, without using the other person. Yeah. And look, I, I look back on different aspects where I've been leading and I can see where I have actually used people to achieve a purpose Mm -hmm. and and I've used it to achieve a purpose, um, you know, being the mission Mm. that we were trying to achieve and I've valued the people but but the reality of the matter is that once the task has been finished, um, sometimes the relationship has ended. Mm. And 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 so I I, I realised oh, you know, I should have done a better job with maintaining that. Now that gets increasingly hard yeah. as you've been involved in a huge number of teams, leading yeah. different people and all achieving different things. Yeah. But some of the regrets, and I still don't know how to overcome that mm. in many ways, um, is is that there have been some big achievements as a team together, of which mm. I've been a part of, of leading or yeah. co-leading or, or being involved in the team. Yeah. And, and yet I've battled to know how to catch up with people mm. and to celebrate life together mm. once that particular task or focus is finished. Mm. That's a tricky one. I think you might be being a bit too tough on yourself, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I, I just think that we don't, always have the capacity, as you said, as you continue yeah. through life, yeah. um, making so many different relationships with different projects or adventures or, or whatever mm. it is, mm. um, you, you've only got so much capacity. Yeah, you have. And, and yeah, and, and I and I realise I realize that and I might be being hard on myself, but then I, I think, you know what, it's being involved in this mission together yeah. has been something that has been very special. Mm. And, but it's been 
very special because of the people that mm. have been engaged in it, mm. not just because of what has been achieved. Yeah. And I can still look back and think, thank you, Lord, for the privilege of mm. seeing that achieved, mm. but at the same time not being able to reminisce and, and go down. I mean, mm. you know, without getting into personal names, um, you know, I've run into someone over recent months that, you know, I shared a lot of life with mm. um, in our church mm. in a different capacity. Mm. And, look, we picked up like old times, but, you know, but for a, a big period in the middle, mm. there was very little contact. Yeah. Even though we had shared almost, a, you know, five time a week yeah. engagement together yeah. um, in the work of the kingdom. Mm. And and uh, you know while we've picked up and it's almost like we haven't been apart. There's a part of me saying, I've missed so much mm. in this particular person mm. in those years prior, probably mm. ten years. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, why is that? I realise again, it's all to do with time mm. constraints. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I, I've I've missed that part. I'm I'm raving on. Next no, question. No, right? not <laughs> no, look, I think I think it really points to your relational heart, and yeah. that's that's really great. Well, I, I did want to jump into as kind of promised these five CSs, and yeah, I did right. mention to you on Sunday after service. Yeah. I sort of had a cheeky aside to yeah, Alex right. next to me when you kind of brought up these five yeah. CSs. I thought, gee, Nicky Gumble, you know, it's yeah. hard enough to think of five Cs. Yeah, that's right. You thought of the five yeah, yeah. CSs. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. the most sort of depressing thing for me is they're not contrived at all no, they're no, really no, good that's right. yeah that's <laughs> but anyway right. that's that's just a complete other you know tangent. Yeah. um i'd love to kind of break them down because i think uh each of them are a whole sort of sermon in and of themselves yeah, yeah that's right but i'd love um yeah just to explore how for each of these five CSs, um, we can practically ensure that we are sort of using them. Because again, mm-hmm. I, I see these five CSs as almost a tool belt. Yeah, yeah, you sure. Know? And if sure. we're not using one of those tools as effectively as possible, then yes. maybe we're not listening to God's voice as well as we could. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I think yeah. maybe the first one speaks for itself in a large way, but I'd love to hear you expand a bit on commanding scripture yes. and how we can ensure that we are using that tool in our tool belt for listening to God better. Yeah, 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 good. Um, just um, to pick up what you were saying about the seas, um, after you said that to me and I hadn't thought about it, and I'm driving home and I'm thinking, you know, it could have been just five S's as much as five C's because it could have been scripture, yeah. spirit, yeah. you know, yeah, signs and yeah, saints yeah. and yeah. sense, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. Um, I take your point, Murray. Well <laughs> well picked up. So commanding, commanding scripture. Um, I suppose in our tool belt, if we get a sense that God or people are speaking into our lives to do something that is contrary to the scripture, it's a pretty foundational, um, you know, alarm bell to me right up front that basically says, um, I think you need to take another mm. another assessment of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for me, scripture is truth. mm um, God's word, um, though we might have to go and you know test scripture with scripture, so to speak. When sure. we do that, it gives us a very clear understanding about what the path forward is and about what it is that God's likely to lead us into. Mm. So, you know, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light yeah. unto my path. I mean, 
this is the path, this is the way we're going forward and God's word will never contradict um, the way we are to go forward, mm. although I can understand that we could pick up a verse of scripture and and run rampant. You know, mm. I mean, I remember my dad um, telling me, um, you've got to be careful about what you do when you open up the scriptures. He said, you know, he... Um, he heard the, the story of a bloke that opened up the scriptures and um, and uh, it said uh, Judas went out and he hanged himself, um, you know, go and do likewise. And then he thought, oh, that can't be right. So then he uh, opened the scriptures and it said, and it says, whatever you do, do quickly. <laughs> and there was a third verse there that I can't remember now, but it all went to it and then... Uh, and, and actually, there are different aspects of Scripture. You've got to be careful and you've mm. got to compare Scripture with Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky one. And, uh, like, it kind of opens up a whole Pandora's box. But it, for me, um, again, like, growing up in a non-Christian home, my biblical knowledge in my first years of Christianity was very poor mm. because, mm. you know, I'd never mm. read the Bible and hadn't mm. had the privilege to go to Sunday school. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. And I think at the same time, there were people who maybe were forgetting that <laughs> yes. Yes. and, you know, kind of expecting me to know more Bible knowledge than I had. Yeah. Yes. Um, is there something as, as a piece of advice uh, for somebody who maybe? Uh, their their library of biblical knowledge mm. is a bit sparse or not mm. as you know mm. sort of mm. yeah robust as they'd want. H- how do we use scripture in a powerful way when maybe our back catalogue of knowledge isn't that great yet and is something we want to work forward in? Mm. What would be your your advice? Um, I think that's where your scripture is, and we're talking about in terms of someone. Hearing, hearing from God God's sort leading. of through yeah. scripture, yeah. Well, I think that's where the council of the saints yeah. would come in, in a way. Yeah. You know, um, letting people know that if they're new, mm. um, you know, they're a new disciple of Jesus. Yeah. That, um, you know, if there are um, decisions that they're um, thinking that they should make, that it's probably a good idea mm. um, to run that by someone. Mm. Not that that person is going to be saying, yes, you can or you yeah. can't. Yeah. They're not going to be the ones giving them permission. Mm. But someone that could help them understand whether or not that scripture is taken in context. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Because let's um, let's face it, I mean, there's a lot of scripture you could read and yeah. taken out of context, you could do some really bizarre things. For sure, as people have. As people <laughs> yeah. have, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, great. And I think like one thing for me that I find helpful sometimes is, and, and it, it sort of goes hand in hand again with that communion of saints, um, or council of saints rather, but I think this idea of, okay, cool, I probably don't know very well, say, what the scripture mm, says mm. about how to deal with anxiety. Yes. Um, w- what if I just Google search, like That's Bible right. verses about anxiety? anxiety yeah. Or, yeah. you know, even I think in the Bible app, there's a bunch of, you know, really great, respected, trusted um, yes. devotionals yes. that can take you through different seasons, you yes, know, whether right. you're having trouble in a relationship or whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah, kind of, it does go hand in hand with that idea of, I think, Council of Saints. But I want to go to the next one, which mm. is the compelling spirit. Mm. Mm. How do we create a space to actually be hearing what the spirit has to say? Silence. removing ourselves from, um, I suppose, all the interruptions. 
um, you know, you were talking about the IM phone, um, you know, about a month ago. Uh, now, some great advice in, in that, uh, Murray, in those sermons. For those that haven't heard them, go back and listen to, listen to those two weeks because there's so much in our busyness of life um, and, and there are some people that cannot tolerate silence. And I suppose for a number of years, I was like that. I'd have to have a radio on in the background or, you know, um, be so task-oriented. And I've just found, um, I don't know, you know, 10 years or so ago, just the ability to sit, uh, in our case, on our back veranda, which overlooks beautiful bushland and things like that, have a Bible reading and then just sit and listen, you know. Um, I don't think there's any substitute mm. for silence and to recognise that if we're going to hear from God, um, we need to be people who listen. Mm. So it's not coming and downloading everything on God, even though there's a time to do that, but just constantly talking and praise. It's also silencing ourselves enough to listen and... Um, yeah, and I think there was a, you know, when I started to read the writings um, of Brennan Manning and reading some of them, you know, his journey where he'd go off for three days and lock himself into a hut mm. up in the mountains with absolutely nothing. Mm. And he'd just sit and listen. Mm. For me, that's, I was going to be very, um, I suppose, um, cynical and say... Uh, or sarcastic and say it's probably the definition of hell for me, but mm. I realise hell is not something to be spoken about like that um, because I believe it is a real place. Um, but that'd be an awkward time, right, for me yeah. to be quiet for three days. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, here's someone in that situation that has listened and heard from God and has basically said the first day you heard nothing and there was nothing coming and nothing coming until day two when he started to hear, mm. you know. For me, um, being able to stop, as I said, over these last 10 years and to actually learn what it is to listen mm. and to feel, you know, the urging and the, the not an audible voice of God, but mm. the, okay, you know, and, and hear the words of God mm. is something that I wish I'd developed um, the capacity to do earlier. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really good. Um, Council of the Saints, mm. something that you, we've already sort of touched on. Mm. Any uh, sort of other thoughts that you had on how we can more effectively ensure that this element of our discerning God's voice is yeah fully utilised? Yeah, and I think it... It comes down to different decisions would involve different groups. Um, sure. For example, um, you know, decisions around the family. I mean, and obviously, you know, for those that are married, their spouse, um, you know, an important part of that. Um, wider family, um, depending on, on different um, uh, aspects and considerations that are going on. Um, in in church life, um, Questions about ministry, um, listening to God. I think it's important that everyone in a team comes together to to be able to say, okay, let's 
take some time now just to reflect and to stop and to be quiet and to share what we think God is saying in the mix of this. Um, so, yeah, in terms of expanding, I think it, it depends on, you know, radiating. A council of saints will radiate out of the different issues. Are they, are they family issues? Are they wider issues? Are they work issues? And, um, and incorporating, um, you know, a, a number of people and a variety of people according to what's being discussed. Mm. It's really good. Really, really good. Um, common sense. Mm. <laughs> Which they I'm, say I'm, is not common. <laughs> I, I, I'm very intrigued to, to see, because, I mean, it kind of says it in and of itself, but, I mean, yeah, well, any kind of thoughts on how we can sort of ensure that that's being used? What are your, what are your thoughts on common sense and how to use it? Well, the example I gave yesterday about common sense was the fact that all the other four good. factors had yeah. come together. Yeah. And so, you know, Why? Um, why do you think this is not the the right thing? Surely, even you know, I was going to say visually impaired, um, you know, Freddie could can see that. Um, but I don't know what else because something that is just common sense mm-hmm. is not necessarily on its own yeah. the thing to do, because sometimes common sense defies faith or trust mm. in God. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, when Jesus is telling the disciples to jump out of the boat and Ex- you know, exactly. walk towards it. Well, that's yeah. not common sense. Yeah. So for me, common sense has been, if you like, the fifth of the things in the filter. Mm. You know, mm. commanding scripture yeah. would be a first one to say, yeah. okay, is there something here that is just not right? If it yeah. is, throw the rest of it out. Sure. Um, and, you know, where all those things, have come, the other four have come together, um, I would actually say, well, where's common sense in the mix here? Obviously, it, it's it's a, it's a no-brainer, so to speak. Mm. You know, common sense would rule. Mm. I mm. need to do this. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, the the other thought about common sense is, um, yeah, I think for me personally, I am driven quite often by my heart. Yes, and making yes. sure yes. that my heart isn't completely overriding my brain in decisions. Yeah, yeah, very um, true. And and yeah. you know, even beyond, obviously, it's good to be in control of your emotions. But yes, I think yes. there's being in control of how your emotions display and exhibit themselves exteriorly, yep. Yep. and then there's actually being in control of your emotions internally as well, and That's making right. sure yep. that. Your, your own sort of fleshly heart's desires aren't superseding God's desires for your yeah, life. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd kind of put that under the banner of common sense. But yeah. yeah. No, I think that's so true, um, Murray, just um, yeah, keeping your, your heart in check. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the final one, circumstantial signs. Mm. Again, what's, um, yeah, ways in which we can maybe even, it's, it's sort of a bit of a meta question, um, mm. but how can we be more aware <laughs> of the thing that's supposed to make us more aware of God kind of thing? What, yeah, how can we engage with circumstantial signs better? Well, I think um, for me, everyone talks about coincidences. Mm. Um, but I can look back in different aspects of my life and my journey and see that what I might have thought at one stage were coincidence was were really God orchestrated mm. or God incidences, so to speak, mm. where things were brought across my path. Um, and I could say, oh, that's a bit of a sign, that's a bit of a sign. Yeah, but it's, it, it, it is a sign, mm. um, and it's a sign that is you know, put there by God to help chart a course for me. 
um, I think I I gave the um, the illustration, um, you know, about the fellow coming to buy our counting practice. Yeah. Um, but another one uh, for me that um, I don't know whether I've mentioned before in any of my messages is was that when I when I left school, it was I was tossing up what to do um, in terms of um, what course to take up, whether it was going to be a teacher scholarship or. Um, you know, in PE or even general um, um, primary school teaching or um, whether I was going to do accounting. And um, and I went and I went in and, and I was going to do this course which was offered on sandwich, a sandwich pattern of attendance, which meant that you studied for six months and then you worked for six months, studied for six months, worked for six months. Anyway, there was, and, and that's what I was offered. Um, and, and so when I went in to enrol, I kind of did the enrolment mm-hmm. and then said to the lady, which which um, you know semester do I attend full time? Which do I work full time? She said, oh, "I'm sorry, that is um, that is an incorrect um, a, you know offer, and we only offer this course um, full time or part time." And I said, "Oh, because I wanted to, I didn't want to study without money, and I didn't want money without study, so mm-hmm. oh, that that was sandwich was perfect." So anyway, I said, "Look." I'll forget it. Um, I won't enrol, and I'll go back and um, and think about it, and um, and I'll I'll register. I think in a teacher scholarship. So anyway, long and the short of it is, I got back. My mum asked whether I prayed. Said I hadn't, and then then there was and there was this kind of compelling spirit mm. that took me back in, mm. and as I walked in. Um, there was a lady that I'd spoken to amidst everyone else that mm. was enrolling, and she she saw me as I walked in. Now she wouldn't have known me from a bar of soap amidst everyone else coming to register. Mm. She grabbed she grabbed my papers that she put aside, and she said, "You might want these." Now, if ever I needed a circumstantial sign, yeah. I took those, went over in the corner. And, um, you know, I had to sign something else because she put them on the side. There was some reason I had to go and she gave me those and said, you need to go and do this now. And then that was it. And I'm thinking, that is a circumstantial sign. Mm. Yeah. If ever. Yeah. You know, and I thank God for directing me that way. But that then helped um, take away some of the stress Mm -hmm. of really not knowing Mm. what I was going to do. And I ended up, you know, enrolling in this course full time, so I did my degree two years full time, and then I flicked over to part time mm. um, to study the last two years part time mm. while I was working mm. um, in a chartered accounting firm. So mm. it was it was an interesting journey, and I look there and I say, yeah, okay, I can see that. That is uh, that is a sign, Lord, that you provided. Mm. Mm. I think that that's so. Like, thank you for sharing because I think it's so cool to hear real life anecdotes of how. Mm. I, th- I think a one sort of overarching idea that you were exploring was fear. Yes, that's right. right? When we feel yeah. God's voice saying something, um, quite often our lack of obedience isn't apathy no. <laughs> or a rebellious no. spirit. It can be no. genuine fear. Yeah, and exactly. I love this idea that, you know, these confirmations can build us our confidence in, yeah. in this calling. Which And I that's think is exactly really cool. what it did for me, Mary, yeah. as you say. You know, you've picked that up better than I articulated to start with. But it was almost a fear of what I was going to do now I finished school. Mm. A fear of what does the future hold where I don't want to make a mistake yeah you know so where should I go yeah. 
And so this helped overcome that. So good. So good. Well, as we sort of wrap up today's episode of Banter, were there any sort of final takeaways or thoughts that you would like to add about this sort of uh, part of Luke's gospel that you unpacked for us? Uh, the only thing I'd, I'd love to say is, is um, what a privilege. Mm. What a privilege to think that the God of all creation mm. actually has a plan for us mm. and wants to lead us as his servants mm. in in his mission, mm. you know. And that is something I still cannot fully comprehend. Mm. I love it. and um, and But just the the sheer pleasure and the honour mm. of of knowing God and knowing that he's got a plan. I've just got to listen mm. and be attentive to what mm. that is. So good. I love that. Well, thank you again so much. We are uh, obviously moving on in our series, as you sort of alluded to before, with Mitch opening up Mary's song uh, on Sunday, which should be a lot of fun. I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing him maybe sing it. That's what I'm expecting. Wow, well, I'm expecting it to be wrapped. Yeah. yeah, well, look, I think I think he'd maybe argue that we're asking the wrong Levingston for a musical performance. Okay. But, right. you know, well, Mitch, okay. the challenge has been set. There That's you go. right, mate. Yeah, good. Go well, thanks again for the chat, Brian. And, uh, yeah, you. we look forward to seeing you guys all on Sunday. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.